Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 423 of Drunk History Podcast. Most as always, I'm Tyler. Joining you with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Let me tell you, Tyler, I'm doing fucking amazing. After watching a couple of the WrestleMania matches from night one, I mean, hell, gives me a little bit of excitement for night two. Now, granted, I only watched maybe like a handful of stuff, but uh, the last match that we both saw before recording, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, that was a fantastic match. Mm-hmm. That end, the whole hair whip thing and stuff by Bianca Belair, and then seeing the aftermath of that, not just the aftermath, but the sound of her hair cracking against the skin of Sasha Banks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so the, the, I, I got Peacock, the streaming service for uh, um, WWE uh, WrestleMania, and uh, we sat there and we just watched the last like hour and a half or so, and yeah, the last match was, it was awesome, first time. Uh, two women main eventing at WrestleMania. First time two uh, black people in main eventing at WrestleMania and had an awesome match. And Bianca Belair, for people that don't know, don't watch wrestling, she has like this braided hair that is like legitimately like five feet long. And it's real hair. It's not a weave. It's nothing. It's like it's, it's her real hair. And she fucking whipped Sasha Banks with it so hard that it sounded like India. Yeah, like you said, Indiana Jones whip with the whip. And they showed us. Uh, the Sasha Banks after the match, she had a giant welt across her entire stomach and her side because that's how hard she got hit. It, man, that just made was, Bianca Belair. <laughs> yeah, yes, that one fucking whip. That was yeah, that was it was yeah that was that was an awesome match. That was that a, was her defining moment there because yeah. you could say like a couple of years ago with Becky Lynch and stuff getting busted open by Ronda Rousey. That was mm-hmm. a great moment in and of itself. More iconic of her character becoming known as the Man. But for Bianca Belair with that moment right there, that's going to solidify her is not only strong in regards to how physically strong she was, but mm-hmm. or is actually, but. Also, in terms of how her hair can be used as a weapon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you and I, we both never, we don't watch wrestling anymore. Uh, well, I, I don't, we don't Nobody watch WWE anymore. What we did. Yeah. No, yeah. We used to be people, we watch, you know, 10 hours a week of wrestling now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't watch any, except for we jump in for the big shit. So, but it was fun. It was the first time one month. It's been one year, one month, and one day since the last time WWE had fans uh in attendance and mm-hmm. they had 40,000 people in the uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stadium which you know it's it's awesome to see but it's like you know we're still in that weird in between phase of you know vaccines and we're on the, we're on the downside of covid which is awesome yeah. but it's it's just I don't know it's still jarring to see it's like it's it's cool in one hand but it's also kind of gives you it's like makes you uneasy at the same time it's like the thought of me going into like a crowded bar right now it's like I just love to go sit down and have a have a beer with Justin or whatever in a bar and just have a food but it's like at the same time it's like it's just it's a little scary. But uh yeah, I don't know. It was yeah, it was it was still an awesome match. I, I, I enjoy it. For the most part I enjoyed this this night one of WrestleMania. Um But Gables. Yeah. How are you, buddy? How's your weekend? Dude, my weekend's been doing fine. I mean, just finished up the extent of uh plowing through the past couple days of work because we had one person you know, we had these guys come by at least a couple days in a row they're cleaning out a hoarder's place right and so I'm getting we got three truckloads full of good Christmas stuff I'm talking about ornaments I'm talking about like decorative ornaments I'm talking about like bulbs and stuff 
quintessential from what the 1960s all the way up until current year. <laughs> so it's been three days of me at work processing all of this Christmas stuff because I want to get it out of the way and out before I even have a chance to do anything else. Oh, good job security for this week. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, I have been gaming plenty. I have been, honestly, ever since I bought this PS5 that I've got, I have been checking through, been gaming a lot more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> but at the same time, what I'm also doing is I'm creating a list. I'm checking out a lot Twice? of games oh. on the PS3, on the Vita, on the PSP, seeing what digital games I want to invest into. Because I know the deadline is going to be July 2nd for the PS3 and for the PSP stores. And for the Vitas, like August. So summer. So what I'm basically doing is I'm checking out sites like Amazon, eBay, for any of the physical stuff. And I can tell you right now, Vita games, like some of the more sought-after ones, Gravity Rush, Muramasa Rebirth, those games exponentially are going up in price because people want to buy them and they're not really as easy to find. However, since I own a lot of that stuff digitally because of the whole PlayStation Plus initiative back when uh, the Vita first came like out, yeah, I still got the games like Gravity Rush, Uncharted, Golden Abyss, and stuff like that, but my main focus is narrowing down what games I want to get how many games I actually do want to get because I know I'm not going to get any I know I'm not going to get a lot of uh, the stuff because I don't have that much funds in that regards but uh, yeah just checking out what is and what I can do is definitely interesting and I'll tell you what else is interesting going through the PlayStation 3 storefront just before we started like uh, just before we started doing Skype and stuff I was browsing through clicked on one page go on to the extra like DLC content or whatsoever and it takes like almost a minute for things to load in and I'm like oh, oh Jesus fucking Christ I yeah. did not remember this thing this thing being that slow <laughs> I remember I remember last year bitching about was it last year yeah or about this time last year mm-hmm. um, when I got my tax turned back mm-hmm. and I was gonna just pre-order a bunch of games so I'm like I got the money I'm gonna pre-order a bunch of shit now yeah and this is on PS4 Pro Yep. And I was, I, I just, I physically could not get, not physically, but I digitally could not get into the, the PlayStation Store and the PS4 Pro mm. to fucking pre-order games. Yep. I'm trying to give PlayStation money and it w- it wouldn't load. It would get errors or it would take, <laughs> it would take forever to load in. And then like each page would take you like a minute to load. It took me like 20 minutes to pre-order three games. Oh my God. But yeah. One of them was Cyberpunk and then very next day I got delayed. So yeah. the, the <laughs> first time right. it got delayed, That's the right. first of three times it got delayed in that year. So, but yeah, I was going to the PS3 store. Things were taking a hell of a long time and they have not maintained that store for who knows how many years now because it wasn't their focal point anymore. Yeah. So there are obviously a lot of errors. Like there's actually a section that's called the top selling PS4 games. And one of the other things like a mass effect trilogy for the PS3 release. <laughs> but, um, Oh, gosh. They don't have a good job in terms of sorting out what they have for PS1 Classics, for PSP and stuff. Because here's the thing. For one classic section, you have PS1, PS2 Classics, and PSP all mixed in on one, along with those obscure PlayStation Minis. 
that they had going along. And then you have PS3. And then it's supposed to be like a separate thing like for PlayStation Vita or whatsoever. But it's just quintessentially labeled a bit differently. But there's a lot of the same content that are on each mm -hmm. tab. And so it takes you like about 20 minutes just to sort through the entire fucking list. Because not only do you have to sort through, but the things have to load up in order to show what things you that are actually available. So it's definitely fucking cumbersome considering that Sony in and of itself closed the options to buy digital content on their storefront on the PC <laughs> through their website. So we have Oh to, my god, I forgot about they got rid of that last year. I forgot they got rid that. of it last year. So you cannot buy PS3, PSP, or Vita games through their own website except for their own storefronts that they're gonna be closing. <laughs> So that's a little bit of a gripe and a half for me so far. But at the same time, man, it's essentially been business as usual. How have you been doing? Better now. <laughs> it's supposed to be more impressive. I, I was trying to do it with one finger and it didn't work. Um, but uh, no, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's, been a, you know, it's been a long week, but uh, it's exciting. I didn't have to work today, Saturday, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, I, I don't have a second job anymore, which is awesome. as my own choice. Um, put my notice in a while back, and it's been... I've been dragging the last month when I made the decision to uh, quit my second job. Just been dragging myself to get to this, like, weekend. And it was just, like, getting off work yesterday was just, like, awesome. And it's, it's been, like, I woke up today, and I was just like, oh, fuck, i got to be at work soon. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have to be at work soon. This is awesome. But uh, no, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, you know. It's not nothing too amazing going on with me other than that, you know. Been chilling at home is nice. I had, like today I did all my cleaning. I got all my shit out. I got all my shit done, um, so I don't have to, you know. Like so, Sunday is gonna be a super lazy day, you know. Uh, laundry's done, cleaning's done, dishes done. Like so, it's gonna be a fun day tomorrow. Well, not really a fun day. It's just gonna be a very lazy day of me sitting on the couch, um, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, other than that, I'm doing fine. Uh, nothing too crazy going on. Oh, I thought it was kind of funny. I saw uh, in my uh, um, uh, Facebook like you know memory thing. Yeah. About it was like the anniversary. I think like last weekend or sometime this week of the uh, it was the anniversary of me doing the Mario Kart tournament on the on the big screen at the at the basketball game in the <laughs> Wells Fargo <laughs> Arena in here in Des Moines, and fucking made that one kid cry. So, uh, Mar so where I, I, you know, it, some people find their superpowers in weird ways, you know, um, you know, and, and invincible, the news, awesome show on Amazon prime. Uh, he throws it back. He wants, he goes to put a trash, uh, trash bag in the garbage can ends up throwing it all the way to Texas. Uh, you know, I found out mine playing Mario Kart against children, uh, and making them cry. You know, I found that that was my superpower was destroying kids at Nintendo games. Um, you know, um, so not everybody laugh. can, yeah. You know, not everybody can have cool powers like me. You know, some people got to be Aquaman that talk to fish. Some people got to be fucking me that makes kids cry playing Nintendo games. So, I mean, we can't all be cool. You know, I'm like, you know, here's like Superman and Batman and me. Here's Flash and like Cyborg, and then there's Aquaman, and then but I'm all the way up here with like you know I'm in like tier one of Justice League, and um, you know they're way down here. But, uh, you know, I'm doing okay. Other than that, you know, that, that was a little pick-me-up, little perk when I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I made that fucking kid cry in front of his mom but all, and, and a bunch of kid, people at the basketball game. So, yeah. Uh, 
I'm going to hell. That's going to be my personal. My personal hell is going to be when I die, I'm going to go to hell. And it's just going to be me playing those kids in the, in the Nintendo games. But now they're full grown adults and they're whooping my ass. This is what's going to be. No, what's going to so, happen is you're going to have a kid one of these days, right? Maybe like a son or a daughter, and they're going to consistently beat you at the game. Yeah. And it's going to be that kid's son or daughter. Like, he's going to come back when I'm like 50, and that kid's now 10. And this kid's like, he's like 30 something now. And he's like, hey, remember when you made me cry? In front of 20,000 people at a basketball game. Well, my 10 year old son's about to make you cry. And it's going to be like a full circle thing where his, you know, it's this whole thing. It's the circle of life, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. And then it's going to be like, yeah, like, yeah. It'll, it'll, the, the universe will come back around to me here. You know, karma will come back. Uh, and then I'll, I'll cry about something, about something that, and I'll be hit. But that, you know, until that day comes, I'm going to ride the lightning of fucking making kids cry in Nintendo games, you know? And that's just, that's my calling card, you know? Joker's got a Joker card. I got a GameCube controller. I carry around with me, and it's got bl- it's got tears of children soaked into it. Yeah, I'm collecting. I'm collecting souls like uh, like sing uh, sing song from fucking Mortal Kombat, but <laughs> <in> tears of children. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so horrible. <laughs> I love. I just thought of that. This is great. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if his name. Is, I can't remember if it's Shang Shang or not. But I'm gonna go with it. Shit, uh, so it's like, oh god, dude. I'm. I'm like, your tears are mine. And I'm gonna put my Waybird underneath him as he's like on his on his hands and knees crying as with that because he just he lost in Mario Kart. Straight the powers of the children's tears. <laughs> I don't, my my Waybird doesn't take batteries. It takes children tears. <laughs> And your control is just smoking every time you play it. <laughs> That's what gives me the advantage. It's it's modified. <laughs> oh fuck! I don't know where this is. I don't know how we got there, but that, this is where we're at now. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. But uh, yeah, welcome to the Joke Nerds Podcast, everybody. If this is your first time listening. I don't apologize for any of that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I should probably, I meant to tell you this before, uh, I, you know, earlier uh, I was, I was going to talk about it. It was not a really important thing. I had coffee about uh, 20 minutes before we got on the Skype call, which has been about an hour and a half now yeah. since then. So I'm a little more jazz than usual. Usually we record Sunday night and it's like, you know, it's the end of the weekend. I get up early and I'm like, yeah, you know, like I'm on that downward. Like I'm, I'm like, like, you know, rest modes kicking in, you know, and you know, it's Saturday night. I'd have to work today. I got more energy. I drank fucking coffee earlier. Like I'm a little more wired, and I've been drinking this delicious all-day IPA. So I've been drinking for about an uh, hour and a half now. So I'm already like five beers in. So it's gonna be a good time, Keith. I'm gonna have fun tonight. I'm gonna get ranty later, which will happen. Hey. But uh, it's gonna be a good old-fashioned thirty-minute Tyler rant. So prepare for that, everybody. But uh, anyways, Gables, jumping into uh, you know we'll do what we're gonna finish off uh, a game we've been talking about the last two weeks. Um, that you and I have been playing together. People that don't know, yeah. we've been playing It Takes Two. Uh, we've been playing it the last three Fridays. Um, we finished it last night. Uh, yeah. We I, I streamed it on our Twitch channel. Um, Gables and I did, uh, but I put it on a YouTube channel. So go to YouTube.com and search for Drunk Nerds, and you'll find it. Uh, my awesome Photoshop job I did of us uh, from It Takes Two. Uh, yeah. But part three is up, and uh, you can see us finally finishing the game off. Uh, it took us about probably about ten hours, I want to say, altogether to beat it. Yep. Um, but we we beat it. We, we, we went until like almost about one o'clock my time last night. But uh, I don't give us what was your what overall thoughts on on this game. What, how how are you feeling on it? If there's something I can compare 
the game too. It's quintessentially sort of like that slow type of uh, that slow type of burn type of experience and stuff, to where it eventually just tries to go through to like a crescendo towards like the end portion of the game itself. In a way, it kind of felt like that playing through the first initial parts of It Takes Two, where you're kind of building the the dysfunctionalness between both of the characters and stuff, the the husband and the wife and stuff. And then you introduce some of the little bits of elements here and there, like, say, what they used to do for their past careers, or how they used they first met, or even in terms of how, like, uh, in and of itself, like, their kid plays a role in them not going through and enjoying certain aspects of what they're mm-hmm. doing, and then leads to appreciation and stuff. But, uh, honestly, I feel like the experience overall for It Takes Two was well done in a sense where it presented what it needed to present, which was fixing the relationship between the husband and the wife, but at the same time, it was definitely felt like there was a lot of padding in between. Like, this kind of felt like a game that should have been more like a five or six hour experience, in my personal opinion, because here's the thing. It just felt like to me from the onset that they inserted a lot of random stuff they were thinking of the time when they were developing this game. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of creative level design, which that's a definite positive. The gameplay in and of itself was fine. I mean, I didn't like a lot of the combat stuff because a lot of the combat stuff kind of felt yeah stiff in some yeah, retrospects. Specifically the, the garden level, uh, the second to last level, where, yeah, like it was... Right. You had like the whip thing and I had the fucking uh, slice thing. Well, I can't remember what it's called. But, yeah, I mean, it was just like it was constant and it was repetitive and it was not fun. Right. I like the idea that the last couple of chapters before the end of the game and stuff it's like you have to go to the husband's sort of dream thing it was like the whole garden area and then you have a mm-hmm. wife who's like basically like a musician like a singer sort of aspect and stuff i like the idea of that but then going and playing through the garden section and kind of being more monotonous and more combat focused than even like some of the past previous chapters that was kind of a turnoff in and of itself because it kind of presented things feeling a little bit longer than what it should but the music the music stage, like the final stage yes. of the game, that I felt like was a well done experience because you had a lot of creative uses of like instruments where you had to tr- transverse through the level, and then all of a sudden you were like going across a keyboard or you're sliding across like a guitar or a cello or whatsoever, mm-hmm. and then like or drums or drums in that regards, encountering enemies where it's basically a microphone that looks like a gigantic snake. You know, it, it definitely there was some creative character designs, like enemy designs inside of it takes two the game actually is kind of littered with that there is definitely a bunch of dark moments i kind of felt or it's surprisingly dark and one of the things that tyler and i were commenting on last night because tyler brought it up it's like you know what would be funny if like she actually goes the the daughter actually goes through and just starts just goes away or something like that and it plays the uh the series theme for the incredible hulk <laughs> like not yeah. the series theme but like the end theme of that the Incredible yeah. Hulk, where it's like, do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, Incredible Hulk's hijacking down, trying to hijack, or not hijack. Uh, Hi- hitchhike. Hitchhike, yeah. He's trying to hitchhike, walk, going on the road, and he's playing the super sad music. And I'm like, that'd be the perfect ending of the game as Rose runs away. And it's just her uh, hitchhiking, and, and she leaves. Because like, it was like, as the game was, because like, the parents aren't good people, but it's like, as they, it's like, they, they start talking, it's like, man, we haven't done, like, because one of the levels is like the, there's like the last three levels we did was like there's a snow level, there's the gardening level, and there's a music level. Right. So the 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 first level we did on the thir- the final playthrough is 
them on their like their last vacation they did were um uh what's the what's the husband's name uh cody cody Cody, yes uh cody proposes to may and it's their last vacation Mm -hmm. they have this wonderful time and it's just about them like re-experience that it's uh, they do weird every level takes like it's weird and all that stuff uh but then like um they talk about oh we haven't done we haven't gone on a vacation since rose was born or we haven't done this since and they talk about like him uh then the next one is like gardening he like they moved to this house in this area so he can because he wanted to be a gardener and, and grows and you know grows own stuff and everything and he lost the passion for it and uh it was like as we were, they were talking i'm like man this this daughter is like i think the daughter's a problem i think they're fine just the daughter ruined everything so the, the really the end of the game should just be they get rid of the daughter and then they'll just live happy ever after obviously that didn't happen uh, but at one point I got really excited when, when the daughter rose, like ran away and I'm like, Oh, f- like, cause I made that joke like an hour before we, like that before her running away actually happened. And then it happened. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I mean, I, I, I knew like, deep down it wasn't going to happen, but I was like, what if they do it? And they, they didn't do it. Like so they, oh, they come, I, they I, I was laughing because I saw like the daughter going, walking through, like, like walking away from the house. Like, you know what? I'm just going to go somewhere else. It's like, she was running away or some sort of shit while the parents are sleeping and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, the exact experience felt great in that regards. The whole co-op stuff was fine. A lot of good memorable moments in terms of replayability. Obviously the game was structured to where you were kind of left to seeing everything there is to see without even any need of going back. So I felt like the developers did execute that point. Well, if I had to give it a grade in regards to how I felt the game deserved, I felt like it was definitely a B or a high mm-hmm. B in that regards. There were some fair. great moments, a lot of fun, like a lot of fun, creative, like level design aspects in terms of the co-op. I felt the co-op was the strongest point in so that entire game. I definitely thought that a lot of the excess boss battles and the whole what the fuck moments that happened throughout that adventure was definitely a good positive stuff. A lot of the co-op stuff, the mini games and stuff were pretty fun. It's like either we would play specific games. Sometimes we play best of five or best of whatever and stuff. Like yeah. one one person would destroy the other in some contest and stuff. Like I would dominate like Tyler in some, and then Tyler would actually go and dominate some others and stuff. So I kind of felt like that it played off like from our strengths and weaknesses too. Yeah, but uh, it was definitely a fun experience to complete not only to beat this game, but to see what needed to be seen. <laughs> I think we only missed like one mini game and that's it. Oh no, we missed a shit ton of mini games. What? There's like really? 30 mini games in this. I looked, I was kind of looking at it. We only did like 10 of them. There's a lot. Mini games. There's a lot of mini games. Some of these, some of those levels have like seven and we found like two. It's nuts. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, I mean, most of the mini games are like, they take a minute or two. So it's like, but like, we did the chess one, which that was like legitimately like, 10 minutes for the play one game. I'm like, all right, we, that was our like, longest mini game thing where we yeah, just did like once. Yeah. We're just like, you know what? We're done. A couple of them that weren't very fun. And it was our, like you just like whip my ass so bad. I'm like, I don't even, like, I don't even want to play that. I don't even want to do it again. It was just, you won. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, like I, yeah, I mean, but they were always like short enough that even if they weren't great, that we just move on. And there was always, mm. I think for them, like they hit way more than they missed. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm in that same boat. Like, like, you know, like the BB plus, like, you know, like kind of like an 80 to like, or like an eight out of 8.5 kind of range, you know, on, on a scale right. 10. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I, it's kind of what I've said already where I feel like this is like a really well done. It's not Mario. I'm not trying to say it is a Mario like on that scale, but it, it's like a really well done version of what we love about Mario where like I said before, where it's like, especially like you look at like a Mario Galaxy or something like that where like mm-hmm. you do a level or you get this thing and you, you, you have this for a little bit. They add this mechanic. You know, you're a rock now and you have you use this rock mechanic and right. you do it a handful of times and you move on and you got a new mechanic. And they do it well enough. Uh, like there's, they're all like, so many games would just base uh, make a game around this one mechanic, and it's like we see all the time. Like Mario, just like, nah, we're gonna have twenty different mechanics, and they're all like, seventeen are gonna be awesome. A couple are gonna be okay, and there's gonna be like one bad one. And this right. one, there's like, I mean, I think there's like nine levels, so there's say nine mechanics uh, in this game. And I, when I was talking to you about last night, I feel like five were really good, two were okay, and then like a couple, and then the other two were like, eh, all right. But it, like, it's like like you said, like even the ones that weren't great or they weren't fun for long, like super long, like each level is forty minutes to an hour long. So it was like, yeah. even if you didn't really have, you weren't like enjoying the sections so much, like like the guarding section. I think there were some really cool moments in it, but like that was probably our both of our least favorite section, mm-hmm. just because like the moment to moment wasn't as fun. But like I said, there's some of the coolest moments are in there. Um, but I think we both agree that I, the music levels are and the, the the tree level with the squirrels and the bees was our two mm-hmm. favorites. Uh, yes. But I think that even that we both agree the music one kind of dragged on a little too long. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on the because like I think a way out is a better package, you know, beginning to end. But I think um, uh, it takes two is a better, a much better game. Right. Like, if you were to ask me which one I'd rather play again. Just because of the fun factor, I think it takes you because the actual like platforming, the working together, all that is just way more fun. Where it right. takes two is more like a it's it's more of a cinematic experience kind of thing. Where yeah, you're definitely doing stuff, you're working together, but it's like it's definitely like you know you play it through once, maybe you could play through it again with somebody else, but from a, the other perspective, I guess. But like right. there's not you know neither one of these games has a lot of replayability and like, uh, but yeah, like I, I really really enjoyed this game. Like my I mean. It's like the the things we complain about are very small, and you know, like I said, like yeah, it's probably it's, it probably took us nine ten hours to beat. It, it way out was like I think like probably it's around six. We beat that in two sittings. I, I want to say it was probably five and a half to seven hours long. Um, yeah. But I really yeah, I really really enjoyed this game. I liked this game a lot. Uh, I think that what makes a way out better in a lot of ways is is the characters and the story was much better. We like. You know, the, those characters were like, they weren't good people, but we enjoyed them. And it's like right. the characters and it takes two. We just like when, when it got to the cutscene, some of them were just like, I, I don't, you know, it's kind of the way I felt at the beginning. I'm like, I don't really care about these. Like, like the daughter kind of seems to suck. The parents aren't very good people. Uh, the book ended up being like my favorite character in the game. When in the first half, I couldn't stand him. And then the second half, I'm like, he legitimately was making me laugh. I'm like, no, this guy, like, I don't know if it's just I hate the other character so much that he, I started to like him more. But like, yeah. or maybe the jokes got funnier in the second half because like some of the shit he was doing was making me laugh. Like he was legitimately funny to me. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I like, like I said, I think it's a it's a fantastic. If you have someone to play it with, and like I hear a lot of people like because it's it's, a, it's more of a romantic comedy type of game. So I hear a lot of people playing it with their partners, um, and like you know people like their, their partner doesn't play the game, doesn't play games or whatever. Like I don't know if like that would seem frustrating to me if I was playing it with like. Uh, you know, like a partner that doesn't play games, like that might because, like, I mean, it's a simple game, but simple for us. I feel like some of the stuff you do, like, it's a lot of timing, 
Like, I don't know how I couldn't, I, I don't think I'd have the patience to explain it to a person. Some of the shit that we had to do, like, especially like, like some of the wall jumping where you had to like shoot the, you had to like put the, make the platforms for me while I'm in midair and all that. Like, right. Um, like I said, the game was, I mean, like the game wasn't super hard. There's definitely chunks where like you got to think a little bit or like, okay, okay, trial and error. But yeah, I never felt like we were like completely like, all right, we're fucked kind of stuff. Or this is really, right. really hard. But yeah, I, like I said, th- this is, I keep going. Um, this is a great game. The, like I'm now sold on whatever Joseph Ferris does. Like a way out I thought was incredible. Um, yeah, this game is even better. And it's just like, I now have no doubts and you made brothers before this, but I, I never played, but I played a little bit of, but I never went back to, and I heard that game is phenomenal. Um, so any, whatever he does next, I'm all aboard for. So, um, yeah. Uh, and just real quick, I've only played one other game. I played uh, the new Odd, the Oddworld Soulstorm, uh, right. which we were talking about last week. It's a PS Plus game. Game that I was actually kind of looking forward to, and I think it's like a forty dollars game. It's um, you know, it was a PS Plus game for PS Five uh, this month in April, um, and I'm really happy it was a PS Plus game. Uh, I, I didn't pay for it because I probably would have bought it like day one. Otherwise, um, I, I I played through the tutorial. And I've already uninstalled it. I've uninstalled really? the game already. I did not like. I've never played Oddworld. Be, be fair, but I was playing this game. And I was just like, I was like, just irritated and not having fun. Not in like a hard way, but I was just like, so the like the tutorial section is like this is like you know it's supposed to be like I right, explain how the game works. I know it's not gonna be fun, but I was like frustrated by the mechanics of this game. Like it's a it's a two D uh, you know platforming side school or puzzle solving game. Right. Um and. The, like, so it was like a, probably a half an hour to play this game. So take it with all this with a grain of salt, I guess. It might get way better after this. But like the first section was like after the opening cutscene was like uh, the, the 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 place you're in that catch like there's fires breaking out. And you have to like get water bottles and you have to like precision throw these water bottles to like kill the grass. And the, and the fire isn't growing. You just gotta kill. You gotta take out take out the fire that's directly in front of you to keep going. And it's like it's just like you're you're going 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 stop, going 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 stop. And it's like to a, a screeching halt. And it's like, I don't know, I was kind of, maybe I, I had my expectations wrong about what this game's going to be, but I was just like playing, I'm just like, I'm, this is just irritating where it's like, I'm, I'm every 30 seconds I have to stop, throw 10 water bottles and hit them precisionly. And then you have to like jump up on the ledge above you, but you have to like, it feels almost like PS1 era. Like you have to like precision jump to grab the ledge that's above you. And it's like, if you, if you miss it, you could fall and then you got to fucking scroll back. I don't, I don't know. I, I just felt like it just was not connecting for me. I was like, I don't know. I was a little right. like, the, there was no puzzles. Like, um, if you invite know, to go to like a screeching hall, like figure something out. Okay, that's fine. I get that. Let's, you know, there's some puzzles here, like limbo inside, things like that. Like, or little light, little nightmare, shit like that. It's like, all right, cool. Like, on and those kind of games, but it's like this something. All right, there's a fire in front of me, so I gotta throw all oh, shit. I'm out of water bottles, and I gotta backtrack to go fucking loot some more barrels, throw more fire or th- throw more water bottles to fucking kill this fire. And then jump up on this platform, jump up on this platform, go to this section. Uh, I jumped. I missed the platform. I fell down. I got to jump back up, back, back, back up. Oh, uh, there's another fire in front of me. And I got to throw more water bottles here and kill this fire. I mean, this one offered like 20, 30 minutes. And I was like, I'm done. I don't want to play this. I'm not having fun. It's like, I know like, it's like I said, that tutorials are never like usually awesome experiences, especially in like, you know, I'm, I'm like, unless it's like, a grand like triple a game i you know but it's just like this is the terrible first impression for, for <laughs> you know like for it. me you know uh you know for i don't know i it just didn't connect with me i haven't heard um 
there hasn't been reviews out yet. I haven't seen. Um, I I've just been hearing this is like, this is like a, a seven. Point, I heard a lot of people kind of like people I do talk about. It seems like it's kind of getting that seven seven point five kind of treatment. But um, so maybe that's what the game is. Maybe it's just not for me. Uh, but I, I I didn't really enjoy it. But Gables, what have you been playing? All right. So to, for a continuation from last week, I did play more of Spider Man, and I actually beat Spider Man. Oh, last cool. Week. Here is the thing about this game that makes it an amazing game. <laughs> when it comes to the story, I felt the story missions, especially the side missions, collaborated very elegantly together. There were a lot of great moments that a lot of great action moments and a lot of just great moments in general where I was like, whoa, that, this was actually pretty fucking cool. One of which that I'll go in a little bit of detail to was... You know, the whole challenge token stuff, right? When you initially go through Spider-Man on the PS4, or even on the PS5, if you have that on the PS5, through the Miles Morales Limited Edition. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the thing eventually you'll get to is you'll encounter the Taskmaster, although he doesn't, like, explain himself, like, first and foremost and stuff. You do, you're introduced to these challenge missions to where you can either do one of a couple different things. You can do stealth missions, you can do drone missions, you can do, like, all sorts of various other types of, like, uh, missions. I think there's, like, four mission types for the challenge token stuff. What I, what was interesting about it is I actually went through, I collected all, like, most of the, the challenge tokens Basically, I collected enough to where I would have enough to where I could purchase the rest of the suits that I have for Spider-Man. Cool. After you go through and like uh, beat all of the challenges, you actually face off against Taskmaster like right at the end. You face off against him before, but you if you end up losing that battle, he basically kind of taunts you and stuff to get better at what you're doing, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So, at the end of it, I had this major epic battle on top of the building and stuff with Taskmaster. And the only way you can beat him is if you do perfect dodges at the right moment. And then all of a sudden you just go waylay him with a couple of like light combos. Because here's the thing. He's called the Taskmaster for a reason. He goes through and studies what you do, how you beat opponents, how you sneak up on opponents and this and that. So you're basically almost playing a carbon copy of yourself in this in regards. So... If, when you try to do, like, uh, certain things, like, say, use your webbing in terms of, like, your, that big old webbing and stuff that covers, like, the enemies and stuff with a whole bunch of, like, different, like, like a cocoon of, like, web or some or electrify stuff, he can dodge that easily with his, uh, with his weapon, I believe he has. But, uh, when you do a perfect dodge, you dodge at the right moment and stuff to where you can actually web his face and just basically just go through and just waylay on him. That fight felt epic because I was literally at the last portion of my health and I finally beat him and knocked him off the fucking building. I'm like, okay, that was a great moment. But after that, it took me a better part of about a week to finish up the rest of the side quests. One of my favorites actually was the one with Screwball because you have this this girl that wants to become internet famous oh, basically yeah. by becoming a criminal. But essentially, because all these convicts and stuff want to see Spider-Man die. And so, basically, she sets you off to these specific types of missions and stuff like that. With either kidnappings, either, like, people held hostage or something like that. And Spider-Man has to go through and rescue all of these people. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was a memorable side mission. But not only did I, did I 
who went through and complete that. I went through, took care of all of the clearing of the districts, clearing of the things. I completed 100% of the main story. Nice. I played a little bit of the DLC content in regards to the whole heist stuff for Black Cat. But I'll tell you what. The sequence where, like, the whole, like, uh, Demon's Breath or something gets unleashed or whatsoever on the city. And just the first introduction of the formation of the Sinister Six with uh, Shocker, with Rhino, with Scorpion, with Lee, you know, and, like, uh, Vulture, and also of Octavius, you know. And Octavius is the one. They build it up throughout the entire game of the relationship between Dr. Octopus essentially Otto Octavius and Peter Parker and so they build up to a certain extent where if you complete all of those side things and stuff like that you could essentially help him perfect his like his neurological like type of device stuff for his limbs which Octavius goes through and like just makes up into these like these appendages which are basically fucking tentacles (laughs) it's more reminiscent of like uh, the comic quintessentially because it's like throughout the origin stories you have Otto Octavius and stuff Worked with Norman Osborn, did a whole bunch of crazy like experiments and this and that. Obviously, that's the key motivation of this game. Really, it's like the whole aspect of people being messed up because of Norman Osborn, the mayor of New York City, and people wanting to get revenge for that. But I loved the first introduction of the Sinister Six. I felt that the boss battles for each and every one of them were pretty good in that regards it felt like it was constantly escalating to the end point where the final portion of the game you're facing off against octavius everything's all on the line and then after you beat him and stuff that cutscene it was it's actually it was well done i felt that that ending cutscene was well done in regards to here and this is gonna be yeah this is gonna be a spoiler for like the end of uh, spider-man 2018 so if you still want to play just tune out or something for at least the next couple minutes but uh, the, the whole Joker thing shows up. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing where Octavius is like on his back and stuff like that on like a table after being beaten by part by, by Spider Man, revealing he already knew he was Peter Parker for a long while now, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's like he goes through. It's like, hey, Peter, help me do this and stuff. And basically, Peter had to make the hardest decision and stuff of like because uh, the Octavius that he knew was already dead. So he had to make the hard choice of cutting him out. And so you have that whole dramatic scene, and all of a sudden afterwards, it's like you find out that your aunt, like Peter Parker's Aunt May, pretty much dies in and of itself. And that that was a big blow, too, you know. What I love what Insomniac did with Spider-Man in general, they absolutely nailed the source content. They absolutely nailed the character motivations. They absolutely nailed the look and feel of New York City. There were a lot of obscure Spider-Man villains, like, reference and stuff. Through, like, some of the obscure, like, Tombstone, which this guy that basically has the body of cement and this and that and stuff. To, like, even, like, some, like, the more well-known villains. I said, like, a rhino, like, Kingpin. And it's crazy that Kingpin... I thought that they, just for early on, just to set up, like, the other minor, like, Spider-Man villains and stuff to just collaborate together for the whole Sinister Six stuff. 
and also having that kind of a swerve and stuff where you feel like Lee's going to be the main villain throughout that entire game. Because they set him up to be like that, and all of a sudden, the actual villain is Octavius, the person that's been working with you the entire time. <clears throat> that was a good setup. Gameplay, fucking silky smooth. Traversing throughout New York City felt second nature at that point. Combat, there were some quibs that I did have with the combat, and that was because me trying to mix up my combinations, make sure I'm using my gadgets right. It was pretty much throughout my timing and my trial and error. So it was more or less, not because of the game function's fault, but more or less how I was using the specific types of combinations. So, for example, if I was going through like a challenge mission and I had to do a combat one and try to get like those three challenge tokens and whatsoever, I would have to have... I would not only have had to have, like, taken out certain, like, uh, mobsters and stuff, like, use my finishers, but there would be that one RPG guy, that one RPG guy oh, that would yeah. just hit me across the fucking map. I'm like, again? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and they constantly having to use the heal stuff. But here's another fun part. I didn't play through this game on difficult, like, on the easiest thing. I played it through on Amazing, that the normal setting for the game itself. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So I played through the normal setting, like what the developers had attended to. I have to say, you know, this was definitely a well-thought-out, well-fleshed-out open world. I did get the Platinum. Platinum 27. So that's number three in a row for this year. <laughs> nice. was not expecting that. Now he's going to so, get the PS5 version, and you can get the... You'll automatically pop the, tra the Platinum for PS5. Does that actually work that way? Yeah, I got all the trophies that I got from PS4. You just take your save over mm -hmm. to the PS5 version, and it, all the platinums you got from the PS4 version will just transfer. Same thing oh with Destiny. God. When you, Destiny 2, when you download the PS5 version of Destiny, uh -huh. uh, all your trophies you got will just transfer over. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of games, like Marvel, Avengers, a bunch of games are doing that. Tony Hawk and all those. Oh, I didn't know that. That's actually pretty fun to know, because that reminds me of when I would used to play MotorStorm RC on the... Uh, the PS3, Platinum that, and actually unlocked on Vita <laughs> as oh, yeah. well when I did that, when I got a Vita. But uh, to be perfectly honest with you, it's like, yeah, Spider-Man for 2018, I totally get why people love this game. It's definitely, in my honest opinion, this is the best superhero game I have played through because it does everything well. Everything's well executed. Not since Batman Arkham Asylum. When I played through that mm. and I platinum that back in the day, that I felt like there was a superhero game that was well cohesive, very respectful of the property in and of itself. Insomniac, like I said, they know how to make great games. That was a fantastic game that they collaborated and like made with Sony and the Spider-Man property. But I'll tell you what the most hilarious part. The last thing I did in the main campaign after everything's all said and done, it unlocks the costume, right? And it's quite essentially Spider-Man, just his mask and his boxers oh, with Spider-Man yeah. heads on it. And so I got a good picture of Spider-Man with his head turning back, sort of like with his boxers <laughs> and everything in center. <laughs> oh, it was definitely a fun time. I'm sexy and I know it. Yeah. Man, that was all I've been playing. I don't know what else I'm going to dive into. I've been having an itch to potentially crack open Ratchet and Clank. 
I was actually going to, I was going to guess that too, because the new uh, PS5 update came out. That's the thing. It's like, I've been going upon what I feel like I want to play. I'm playing the Spider-Man DLC right now. That may change pretty soon, bearing like how long that stuff is or how good the content is. It's not great. No. No. But, uh, like I said before, I'm just going basically I want to want to play and I've want to play a lot of stuff on the ps5 right now <laughs> very cool gills that's awesome i'm, I'm glad you went, finally got, went back and played the game beat it that's not see platinum that's fucking awesome yeah um well speaking of sony gables mm-hmm. it's uh i have a long article here i'm going to read through it so All you're right. gonna have to bear with my, my reading and my stumbling and rumbling and tumbling and all bumbling and all that as i read this uh, this is a jason schreier special here oh uh, from, here we go from bloomberg i mean when he when he has an article about gaming, it's usually a big one. Usually he's big on EA, but he's got a great one here about. He's a very articulate one. He wants yeah. to go through and report upon. Yeah, it's kind of a dick on Twitter, but uh, when, yeah. he, when his writing's great. Um, That's the norm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, like I said, this is a long ass article, so bear with me. Uh, Sony uh, Visual Arts Services Group has a long unsung hero of many hit PlayStation video games. Uh, the San Diego based uh, operation helps. Finish off game. Oh, is that the beginning? Yeah, okay. Uh, so there was that secret. I, I should do some explaining here. So I, it's been that worst kept secret in PlayStation about their. Uh, um, yep. uh, Gables just choked on spit. Uh, he doesn't have nah, COVID. Water. Uh, uh, so there's been that s- secret uh, PlayStation studio that started up in San Diego a few years ago, and the rumor's been for a while that they're working on an Uncharted game. Uh, and it's been like, like I said, it's been, it's like Sony has never fully mentioned them, they never had a name. Uh, but everybody everybody knows they exist, basically. Uh, so, uh, going back to the article here. Sony's Visual Arts to, uh, Service Group has long been the unsung hero of many hit PlayStation video games. The San Diego-based operation helps finish off games designed at other Sony-owned studios with animation, art, or other uh, content development. Uh, but about three years ago, a handful of influential figures within the Visual Arts Service Group decided they wanted to have uh, more creative control and lead game direction rather than being supporting actors on popular titles such as Spider-Man Uncharted, speaking of Spider-Man. Um, Michael Mumbauer, uh, who took over the direction of the Visual Arts Service Group in 2007, recruited a group of about 30 developers internally from, uh, um, and from neighboring game studios to form a new development unit within Sony. This uh, The idea, this is the secret San Diego studio here we're talking about. The, uh, the idea was to expand upon some of the co- company's most successful franchises and the team, would, uh, team began working on a remake of the 2013 hit Last of Us uh, for PlayStation 5. So not a remaster, uh, a, a full-on remake. Uh, but Sony never fully acknowledged the team's existence or gave them the funding and support needed to succeed in a highly competitive video game market, according to people involved. The studio never even got its own name. Instead, Sony moved ownership of The Last of Us remake to its original creator, Naughty Dog, a Sony-owned studio behind many of the uh, best-selling games, blah, 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 blah. We know about that. Uh, deflated, the small group's leadership has largely disbanded, according to an interview with eight people familiar with the operation many including Mumbauer, have left the company entirely Mumbauer declined to comment uh and others asked not to be named discussing private information obviously um the team's failure highlights the complex uh hierarchy of video game development and in particular sony's uh conservative approach to making games for the playstation 5 the japanese conglomerate, conglomerate 
that's a tough word for me to say, uh, owns about a dozen studios across the world as part of its PlayStation Studios label. But in recent years, it's prioritized games uh, made by its most successful developers, studios such as Santa Monica, God of War, California-based Naughty Dog, obviously Amsterdam's Guerrilla Horizon, uh, spent tens of millions of dollars to make games with the expectation that those investments will pay off exponentially, uh, exponentially. And they usually do. Hits including 2018's God of War, 2020's Lost Part 2, are exclusives to PlayStation consoles helping sell uh, helping Sony sell 114 million PS4s. Uh, rival Microsoft Corporation has taken the opposite approach, relying on a wider array of studios to feed its Netflix-like subscription service Xbox Game Pass, which allows users to, uh, to pay a monthly fee for unlimited access to a variety of games. Um, Sony's focus on exclusive blockbusters has come at the expense of niche teams and studios within the PlayStation organization, uh, leading to high turnover and less choice for players. Last week, Sony reorganized a development office in Japan, resulting in mass departures of people who worked on less known, well-known, but acclaimed games like Gravity Rush. This is about Japan Studios. Gravity Rush and Everybody's Golf. Uh, The company has informed developers that it no longer wants to produce smaller games and that they're, uh, I'm sorry, no longer want to, want, but the company has informed developers that it no longer wants to produce smaller games that are only successful in Japan. Um, so basically, that's what led to the fall of Japan Studios. Uh, the fixation on teams that churn out its hits is creating unrest across Sony's portfolio of game studios. Or- Oregon-based, this is where it really gets uh, juicy. Oregon-based Sony Bend, uh, best known for the 2019 overworld action game that Days Gone, tried unsuccessfully to pitch a sequel last uh, that uh, last year, according to people familiar with the proposal. Uh, although the first game had been profitable, its development had been lengthy and critical Reception was mixed. Uh, uh, Days Gone 2 wasn't seen as a viable option. Instead, one team at the studio was assigned to help Naughty Dog with a multiplayer game, while a second group was assigned to work on a new Uncharted game with supervision from Naughty Dog. Some staff, including top leads, were very unhappy with this arrangement and left. Um, Ben's developer uh, feared that they might be absorbed into Naughty Dog, and the studio's leadership asked to be taken off the Uncharted project. They um, They got their wish last month and are now working on a new game of their own uh, that will be part of a brand new franchise. So real quick, there's more to it, but real quick here, just to backtrack. So Sony Ben finally been for years stuck. They had to make golden abyss. They had to make, um, uh, they basically been kind of supporting us from other studios, but finally have to make their own game days gone. Uh, use the, the only studio, uh, big PlayStation studio that didn't use a PlayStation engine. They used, uh, I think it was on Un- unreal four, I believe. Right. Um, we're finally gonna, you know, they finally had days gonna come out. I only played it for a couple hours. I, I, I've been tempted to go back into it because there's a PS5 update, and when it came out initially, it was not in great shape, but it's been patched. Right. It's great now. But, um, so yeah, they were they were wanting to you know keep making their own games, but then basically were broken up in two teams working on uh, a Naughty uh, a Uncharted game with Naughty Dog supervising and then help uh, Naughty Dog finish up the last the Last of Us multiplayer mode. I can't remember what it's called. Um, right. And the two, the, the main heads that the main people that are talking about that left Sony Ben because of this were uh, there was a lead writer and the lead designer, both of whom have been with the studio since PS1 days. So, I mean, we're talking about, the, and they were like, what, what's this? Um, the, was it PsyOps? Um, what, what was those games that they made, uh, PlayStation had in the PS1, PS2 era? Something Siphon else. Filter? Siphon Filter. I don't know why I got Ops. Siphon Filter, yeah, they created those. Um, so, yeah. Um, they, they lost basically their two long senior lead people uh, because of this move. So moving back, moving on to back here to the article. 
Emphasizing big hits can also be counterproductive because sometimes games that start small can turn into massive successes. In 2020, Sony didn't put much marketing inside uh, muscle behind the quirky video game creation system Dreams, but PlayStation-owned Media Molecule in the UK, as a result, PlayStation may have missed out on its own Roblox. I don't really know why it's in there, but blah, blah, blah. Moving on here. Uh, for their first solo project, Mumbauer, uh, this is the going back to the secret San Diego studio, uh, and his crew wanted to pitch something that would be well-received by their bosses at Sony. Uh, recognizing the risk and ex expense involved with developing a new game from scratch, they decided to focus on remaking older games for the, play for the new PlayStation 5. Remakes are considered a safe bet since it's cheaper to update and polish an old game than it is to start from scratch. Makes sense. They're a small team with 30 people to have a lot of money. Um, and um, start from scratch, and they can uh, uh, be sold uh, both for nostalgia for uh, nostalgic old fans and curious new ones. Uh, the team originally... Uh, planned on a remake for the first Uncharted game released by Naughty Dog in 2007. The idea quickly fizzled because it would be uh, expensive and require too much added design work. Instead, the team settled on a remake for Naughty Dog's uh, Last of Us remake. Um, at the time, Naughty Dog was was uh, in the thick of development on the sequel, Last of Us Part II, uh, which would introduce high-fidelity graphics and new gameplay features. Uh, if Mumbai's crew remade the first game to have a similar-looking feel, the two games would uh, could be packaged together for the PS5. So basically they're going to remake Last of Us Part 1 and then up-res up Last of Us Part 2 and put them together on the PS5 for 70 bucks. Uh, in theory, this would be less expensive proposition uh, than remaking Uncharted. Since Last of Us was, was more modern and wouldn't require too many gameplay overhauls, uh, then once Mumbai's group had established itself, it could go remake the first Uncharted game and other titles down the road. But pivoting from doing uh, finishing work for other games to make their own is difficult since... Original development teams are competing against hundreds of other teams from all over the world with varying levels of experience and success. Um, this is from Dave Lang, from uh, founder of the Iron Galaxy Studios, uh, which ah. he was uh, he served, he was a support team and development studio for PlayStation for a long time. Uh, right. The people funding the work are often risk averse, and if they don't have uh, if they have to pick between a team that's done it before and someone trying to do it on their own for the first time, I can see why some people pick the prior developer over the latter. Makes sense. Um, that's just what Sony did. Uh, Mumbaro's uh, project, codenamed T1X, was a approved on a probationary basis. T1X is the codename for The Last of Us Part 1 remake. Right. Uh, but Sony kept the team's existence a secret and refused to give them a budget to hire more people, leading many to, see, to wonder if the company was really committed to letting the team build a new studio. Uh, still, the small team uh, kept working, uh, and by the spring of 2018, they had completed a section of the game design to showcase how the rest of it would look and feel. At the time, Sony was uh, going through a management shuffle. Uh, Sean Layton had mysteriously left. Was was left. Um, that's part of it. That's on the article. That's just something that happened around that time period. Right. Uh, so man, they had the management shuffle, and the new boss wasn't impressed. Herman Holst. Uh, he was the former head of Guerrilla Games. Uh, he was named the PlayStation uh, Worldwide Studios. Uh, Shuya Ishida previously had that title, um, and then he got demoted to be the heads of uh, the head of uh, uh, indie games. Um, right. So he was given that title in November 2019. He thought the remake project was too expensive, according to people familiar with the matter, and asked why the planned budget for T1X was so much higher than remakes Sony had made in the past. The reason was that this game was a brand new graphical engine for the PS5. I remember we needed to hire more people to help remake the graphics on new technology as a redesign gameplay mechanics. Holst wasn't convinced, uh, the people said. Just when it hoped, uh, just when it hoped to enter production on the remake of the Last of Us, Mumbai's team got called in to help with another big, uh, big game uh, fell behind. Uh, so they were basically turned into a support team 
uh, in 2019 to help uh, Naughty Dog finish Last of Us Part 2 because they had multiple delays. It was supposed to be a 20, uh, 2019 game. Got delayed to February 2020, then delayed to May, right. then June. Um, so uh, they had to go help Naughty Dog, um, help them off and finish that game off uh, so they get the game out in, in June when they did. Uh, then the rules got reversed. Sony sent word that after the completion of Last of Us Part 2, some people from Naughty Dog would help out with uh, with the T1X, the, the Last of Us remake, remember his team saw this as a short-lived autonomy being stripped. Uh, dozens of uh, Night Dog staff were joining the project, and some had actually worked on the original Last of Us, giving them more weight in the discussion. Um, the, the game was moved under Night Dog's uh, budget, with, uh, which Sony had gave more leeway than the visual arts service group. Soon it was apparent that Naughty Dog was in charge and the dynamics returned to what they had been for the last decade and a half visual arts support group, aiding another team of developers rather than leading. Uh, to Sony, the move made sense. Naughty Dog is one of the key studios for Sony's ability to sell PlayStations. Um, Sony's competitive advantage has always been exclusive content over Microsoft and more new games as well as remakes of classic titles from, uh, from such a story team can help sustained demand for PS5. Uh, but those who wanted independence were disappointed. By the end of 2020, most of the T1X team's uh, top staff had left. So that brand new studio they were creating in San Diego, the secret studio, yeah. it's pretty much already gone, uh, including wow. Mumbauer, the head of the studio. He's already left. Been part of the PlayStation for over 15 years. He's gone. Uh, and the games director, David Hall, uh, has also left. Um, David Hall, I believe, he, he last game he put out was, uh, was a Killer Instinct game. He went to Amazon for four years yeah. before that, and then he was somewhere else for a while. So he's it's, he's been kind of bouncing around. Uh, today, the T1X project remains in development. Naughty Dog, with assistance from uh, from the, from what's left of the group, uh, the future of the, re- the remainder of the uh, Mumbai's team, which has uh, come to be jokingly referred to as Naughty Dog South. Um, so the the San Diego secret San Diego studio. Uh, the the team is now basically mocking themselves, calling themselves Nighthawk South. Um, so this was going on. Uh, Tyler rant time. Um, I <sighs> so so there's there's a little bit more of the story. So basically, Sony Ben, like I was talking about, they wanted to um, you know they wanted to keep making their own games. Uh, they finally, after years and years and years of like being told what to do and hey make this game go make a uh, vita game for of uncharted not your franchise uh and then no one's gonna look at that it's not a real uncharted game kind of shit like um finally get to go and do their own thing with days gone and then uh it took them a long time to make it but like i said it was it's the first time making their own franchise uh brand new ip took them like five years to develop it which i don't know i mean that's a long time but it's not crazy it took last was part two took four years after uncharted four so um i don't really understand that when they're talking about the long development cycle for that um but anyways um so ben sony ben got split up into two teams um and one had to go one's helping it sounds like currently working on um the last of us uh multiplayer game i can't remember what it's been called like they we known about forever Last was part one had a had a multiplayer mode as well, right. and I think they sent this article to standalone. So I wonder if they're going to charge us separately for that. Um, and then on top of that, uh, you know, Days Gone two got like got denied, which I, it seems like from a lot of people when they talk about Days Gone, like I, you know, I know like Justin really liked the game. I heard people like it seems like from a from a review standpoint, it didn't do well. But when that game came out, it was not in great shape. Uh, no. as well, but it seems like with patches 
uh, with a couple months after the game came out, I heard it, it ran super duper well. Uh, now there's a new patch that came out, um, I think last year for the PS5. So it's 4K 60 frames per second, runs better, no, but a lot less bugs, so all that. Uh, so now they're the game they want to, they, is, you know, we, we always see sequels a lot of times. Like they, like the, the main issue, it seems like the game, besides the bugs and everything, was there was just too much of the game. Like it was just went on too long and dragged on too much fat. And you see a lot of games like they're, they're, they trim that shit off. They find out what works. They make the game. Sequels are almost always better than the original. Yes. Um, so instead of being able to go work on that, uh, one half of the team got stuck on a Last of Us uh, uh, multiplayer game, and then the other half of the team, hey, you guys are gonna make the next Uncharted game, but Night Dogs in charge. So you're, they're their supervisor, um, and then you know, so then you lose. Your two, you lose your your art director and or your designer, lead designer and your lead writer, who's been both been there for over twenty years, uh, since the PlayStation One era, uh, and wow. then so you've wasted. And then last month they finally pulled them off the Uncharted project. Uh, so who knows what's going on with the Uncharted game? If that's what's going to happen with that, um, right. so then you just wasted the last year and a half of Ben's time when we're all thinking they're probably well into development of a Days Gone Two they've done nothing for a year and a half. Uh, and then you got Naughty Dog, the best gaming studio in the entire world. And I don't, I'm not, don't feel like I'm being sarcastic when I say that. I feel like they are, they've proven with just the last generation with last of us, uh, uncharted four and last of Us part two, the best, uh, art direction, graphics, uh, story characters, everything. They're the best. And you have them working on a, a remake of an eight-year-old game um, that had... So it was a PS3 game in 2013, got remastered yep. in 2014 for PS4, got a yep. PS4 Pro update in 2016, got yep. uh, a, 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 another update in last summer, I believe, uh, it was sometime last year, not less than a year ago, uh, to run better with short load times. Uh, and now we're getting a PS5. So it's already gotten... Come out, remaster, yep. PS4 update, uh, another update to kind of prepare for, um, I'm assuming the PS5 and just PS run, just get run better overall. So game that's essentially gotten three updates already. We're going to get a PS5 update and we're, we're wasting the best talent in the world to make th- this game again. And I get, okay, the, the, the there's the, um, last of us, uh, TV shows going to start filming next hour uh, in July. Uh, yeah. and then, so that, that'll probably come out 2023. Maybe they're hoping to like do that, get that Witcher bump where we saw uh, Witcher come out on Netflix, and then the sales of Witcher Three shot up like four hundred percent after the game. So they're hoping <laughs> to get that bump, and it's going to sell super duper well. They're going to make a PS Five update of Last of Us Part One and Two, put it together, sell it for seventy bucks. It's going to fucking sell five million copies, no no doubt about it. Um, but um, you're, you're wasting, like I said, you're wasting the best talent in the world to make this a remake that is unnecessary. When I replayed Last of Us Part last year. And it's like, I, I could get, like, it's not maybe for, like, new fans, it's a little hard to jump into, but when I play it, it's like, this game still looks really good, and it plays really, really, I mean, it's, the, the gameplay is not, like, top-notch, but it still it plays well. Uh, then you have this secret San Diego studio that we've been hearing about for two years now, and we're thinking, the, the rumor's been forever they're making a naughty, they're making an Uncharted game, which, try to be right. true, they're, like, they're trying to, they're kind of working on an Uncharted 1 remake, which is a little disappointing, but... The rumors are true. It's like, hey, cool. Another new studio. It's their first thing. Like they said, it makes sense. We got to prove ourselves. Let's just do something that's quick, easy, cheap, a little cheaper to do. We're a small, smaller studio. 
prove what we can do, and then we can we can move on. We can maybe next game do our own new thing. And it's like that studio is already gone. It's been basically as absorbed into Naughty Dog. Um, so you have a brand new studio that you started. It's supposed to be your brand new next AAA studio. It's gone. It's it's, it's Naughty Dog South now, and it's thirty people, and all the lead people that have been there, that have been a part of that company for part of PlayStation for fifteen years, all gone. All your leads are left, um, and they're just a support team now. Uh, Sony Bend, uh, your half of the team is working on a Masters multiplayer game that who fucking cares about that game and then the other half just wasted 18 months doing nothing then you have um and also you're not getting a days gone too which days gone say what you want about it sold really really well i think it sold like 7 million copies which is phenomenal yeah. for a exclusive game on yeah, a, a, a exclusive for any game but especially for exclusive and then you have um uh i, I forgot where i was going with this but it's just anyways you've wasted all this time and then you know it's just it's so frustrating when i i I've been I've been defending PlayStation, you know, like we've been talking. Like, I'm not even gonna talk, I'm not even gonna get onto the whole PlayStation, the PS3, Vita, PSP stuff. That's totally separate, I think, from this. But people have been saying for a while about, oh man, PlayStation is kind of going to this con- this console generation arrogant. And I'm like, I don't think they're really arrogant. I think it's more so they're just not really saying a lot. Like the consoles came out, and we haven't really heard a lot from them since. We had a state of play, but it was very it focused more on indie games. It wasn't really a big deal. And it's like it's kind of like Nintendo. We were frustrated last year with Nintendo because they right. were just quiet for a long time. And then they finally talked, and it was like, hey, here's the Mario 3D All-Star. I was like, eh, okay, but whatever. Uh, I mean, we all bought it, but all right, whatever. But it's like, and then Xbox, but the problem is, like, we keep saying, we keep, every week, it seems like every two weeks, we, we talk about Xbox is doing this awesome thing. Like, the, the dude, they added all this, they're adding shit to Game Pass. Like, they added EA Play to Game Pass. Uh, they're adding fucking Outriders Day 1 Game Pass. It will be the show, yeah. uh, PlayStation made game. Game Pass Day One, like yeah. it's just every other week we're hearing this awesome fucking thing that Xbox is doing, and that's cool. But I'm, I'm de- my my defense for PlayStation and I, the way I felt and uh, has been like I said is like they're not coming out saying dumb things. It's just they're not saying no. anything, which is maybe which has been fr- frustrating. But um, you know, but it's not, it's not like this. Like cause people are like, oh, this PlayStation's going going in the PS5 is like the Xbox One. I'm like that doesn't make sense because. Like Xbox One, like we we're all everybody was excited for Xbox One. Like Xbox was like, I think most people were going in, we're getting the Xbox One when the, when the new consoles come out, and then that happened, and it's like, oh, you guys, this sucks. We'll just get, <laughs> like, we just then it was just like PlayStation. All they had to do was not fuck it up, and they didn't fuck it up, and then they were like, we just like we're gonna focus on game after game after game after game after game, and they fucking nailed it, and they focused on all these like we had these great they'll even be like the second half of PS3 when you look at it where it's like. We have Journey, we have Flower, we have fucking, uh, we're created Uncharted, we were God of War uh, fucking 3, we have, um, uh, I'm fucking, I don't, they're taking chances, PlayStation Battle All-Star, Battle Royale, like, all these, like, they're taking, not all of them are hits, not all of them are bangers, but they're fucking, Until Dawn, shit like, like, they were taking chances, taking swings, and it's like Sean Layton, who was the head, uh, I can't remember, I think he took over in like 2008, 2009, of PlayStation, yeah. he took over, and it's like, it's kind of like, you know, it, it, I, when when you hear when you listen to this guy talk, there's like this famous video that came out like um, that people were reposting from like E3, like 2010, where he, he was talking about this game that he worked on, and he talks about it wasn't a multi. I can't remember the name of the game, but it, was, it wasn't a multi-million seller. But that's fine because it's not about uh, you know it's it's about the games. It's not about how well it sells. And it's like we we hear about like we, we like it's the things we miss when it's like it, you hear about um, Iwata talk about. He's like. In, right. in my mind, I'm I'm you know I'm the CEO. Um, what was the, what was the phrase? It was like uh, he's like 
in my mind, I'm or in my business card, I'm president. In my mind, I'm a, I'm a developer, but in my heart, I'm a gamer. And it's like you had Reggie, you had Iwata, you had all these Shigeru, all these people that knew what gamers wanted. And obviously, it hit. We have the Wii U. It doesn't always hit. Um, but like the games are so fucking great that are coming out for it. And then you had, and then the Switch came out, and it's fucking amazing. And then you had Phil Spencer take over after Don Matrick fucked everything up for PlayStation or for right. Xbox because he ran like a business. He's like, oh, sports, sports, TV, TV, connect. This is the shit that's going to sell to the broad. We don't care about the hardcore. We want to sell the broad. And we saw how they, we're going to double down on Halo and Gears and remakes of and remasters of older games. Um, like like the big game that came out at the beginning of Xbox One was the Halo Mastery Collection, which right. is royally fucked, to the, like not to this day, but for years was royally fucked. And then yes, the Gears of War remaster. That was like their big thing they did. Um, and then we, we look at, you know, with PlayStation, they have arrogance fuck at PS3. And then we see Sean Layden come over, take over, and he's like, he's a gamer. He, he's on the pulse of gaming. And we see him turn around with, with the second half of PS3. We see him turn, right. like, at PlayStation 4, they come out and fucking nail all that. Say all the things you want to hear. Like, they got the broad market and they got the hardcore. And then, um, fucking, we had Jim Ryan coming. We, now we got Phil Spencer at Xbox. And he's out there talking constantly. He was on an Animal Crossing talk show the day yep. after Halo got delayed as an Xbox launch game to talk yep. about it on an Animal Crossing talk show. A Nintendo game talk show. He was on there to talk about the like and just opened up talking about what were wrong, why they did it. Very open about it. Obviously, not going to tell us all the dirty secrets, but he he, he went into detail about it. something nobody it's that else would. Fact done. of authenticity in terms of honesty yeah. and stuff that you don't hardly see from a lot of figureheads or something like that of a gaming company go out and say like Sony doesn't do that. Phil Spencer, head of Microsoft, does do that, mm-hmm. but. When it comes to this whole rigmarole stuff, in regards to the whole thing with Sony Bend, I mean, this is pretty much one of the first I've heard about this whole aspect. The way I'm thinking is this is just like another notch in regards to a, I would say, an alarming trickling effect to where it reminds me of some overconfidence on the part of Sony in some regards. Because look what we've had personally. We've had like the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 being hugely successful in regards to what they did and what they aimed for. Sony went into the PS3 generation with a bunch of overconfidence because they thought they could go through and sell as well as they did, and they decided to overcharge for that point. But there were other MyRaid things that pretty much (laughs) stunted the PS3 in that regards. Even though that's a system I did play a hell of a lot in that regards, and I did have a bunch of fun games, there were core aspects that this con that PS3 had so far in the B inside of its entire life cycle so far that made it worth going and investing inside the platform. You'd have a lot of the original concept for games like you were just mentioning, like a flower, like a journey, like even like the creation of the Uncharted series, Last of Us. I mean more back of God of War. Franchise. Yes, exactly. More of classic series that were from the PS2 that elaborated upon itself, like Ratchet and Clank, God of War in that regards. The thing about what's so alarming about the PS5 and even what Sony is doing right now is a bunch of the people that have worked for there, a lot of what made that company strong to begin with was their roots in Japan, was these key developers, these key like uh, makers that helped influential stuff create these oddball, like, obscure 
certain game franchises and game stuff that helped make Sony into a big juggernaut that it was. So when I see them going through the approach of they want to go after the big sure thing, big budget stuff and less of the little stuff and then demolishing Sony of Japan studio and even this news coming out about Sony Bend having their sequel to Days Gone cancelled quintessentially to work on another remake of a pretty much a game from like 2013 or something of that sort, you know, The Last of Us, which does not need another fucking remaster, or even like a, a re or another remaster of like Uncharted 1. I mean, they have quintessentially been led astray in that regards, in my personal opinion, because it's like, if your main focus was you wanted to go forth after all this time of doing good work upon what Sony, that company, asked you to do, making a game like Uncharted Gold of Abyss, which, you know what, it didn't set the world on fire, but it was definitely a good enough game to play on the Vita, and it definitely played in large parts of the strengths. Making a game like Days Gone, even though it wasn't like a runaway success, it still sold 7 million units. It still sold more than certain other games have released yeah. on that platform throughout that year. Games that come out released. on everything don't sell that. Most exactly games don't. Exactly the point. That, in my opinion, is a success. But in regards to this overall trickling down effect, it feels like Sony is doing a lot of stupid, unlike uh, overconfident moves, like quintessentially just making a whole bunch of plans for the now and have no focus upon what they want to do in the future, it feels like. Because they're pissing off a lot of their fan base in regards to backwards compatibility through their other consoles that they've released previous. They have made it a purpose so far of making gamers like us that have invested time and effort into their products for years question the fact that they should invest long term because of like random stupid shit that they never even bothered of telling us about until we have to figure it out ourselves. It still kind of ties in the whole thing about the PS3, PS Vita stuff. But what I want to focus on is like, it feels like a onslaught of negative stuff. It's almost the exact opposite of what it was last generation where Microsoft with the Xbox One stumbled out of the gate. All the talk about TV, TV, this way, or whatever the hell any type of media stuff, and then, like, that whole stuff, and the PS4 doing insanely well because you can actually play your games with this whole DRM shit, even though they don't tell you about, if you even try to get a lot of your content, like, say, if you want to try to copy your content, that's protected by a DRM that you can't even go through onto your, like, PC or whatsoever to try to get that content backed up if you wanted to. But, I'm... It just feels weird because now we're hearing the exact opposite where it's like Xbox with Microsoft. You're hearing constant like things that they're making in the right direction for consumer service. For Sony, you're hearing almost the exact opposite because you're hearing all these internal conflicts between their studios. You are hearing a whole bunch in regards to their whole backwards compatibility and stuff and the whole longevity of their consoles in general. The whole aspect of maybe the PS4 being a ticking time bomb. The fact that this whole storefront stuff for the PlayStation 3 and the Vita not even giving us adequate amount of time. They just announced it out of nowhere. They totally undercut indie developers that were producing games for the Vita system in particular, a lot of which did not even know until even 
some of them even bought Vita kits as recent as like a few, like about a week and a half or something before they decided to do it. Sony knew in that regards before, but they still offered, you know, these like uh, Vita kits and stuff for sale. A lot of this tit-for-tat shit has snowballed into its effect to where I feel like it's it's definitely going to play a role in the future impact of the PlayStation 5. It's still selling quite well. It's still one of the hottest selling items right oh, now. Yeah. But it's amazing how quick a year can go by and how momentum in regards to what Sony has with the launch of the system could equally has would dissipate in regards to any long-term major blunders they could potentially make. Because we're constantly hearing about delays upon certain PS5 games that were going to be releasing on certain dates, but now have been pushed back. I believe that uh, there was another game that got delayed, but that was a PS5 exclusive, Deathloop. That yeah. got pushed Move from September. May 21st to September 14th, yep. Right. That's a Bethesda game, though. That's not them. That's yeah. Right, but at the same time, it's kind of advertised as a PS5 exclusive in that regard yeah. right now. I, I, the delay stuff, I think, is just different because, I mean, it's like, I think that's all come back to COVID and then Cyberpunk are the two lead lead issues with that is i mean and everything's everything's being delayed right now i mean halo infinite's got delayed a whole year we're from being a launch game to maybe it's a, it's it might be a late 2021 game so right uh, but overall what i wanted to say just an entirely in the entirety of what has been going on i feel like the snowballing of all of these issues all of these legitimate concerns by both consumers developers people in the gaming industry and stuff it's collaborating to an effect and stuff it's like what the fuck is sony even doing they're not they had one job in quintessential and that's create games that people want to play and everything else from their methodical moves their shift in leadership has almost simultaneously unraveled a lot of the almost the a lot of like the various customer loyalty or any type of like any type of like uh, longevity of investing inside of their product in general, because you're leaving with consumers now with the idea of is like okay, I buy a PS5 right, but yet I bought a PS4 last generation or I bought a PS3 before that, and yet you tell me I can't access certain games now unless I have to do it this way or that way, you know, until like a time timer thing. It just tells me that. The content I do buy on their platforms, whether it be like digital or some or whatever storefronts, it has a time limit before eventually I cannot access that anymore. And quite honestly, that's it's a lot better, in my honest opinion, say to know that up front. You know, say we all know for like PlayStation Plus and Game Pass and stuff, you're quintessentially you're not technically like owning these games but you know they're like kind of like rentals in that regards to where if you don't want to pay for it you don't you can't get access to them so that's a subscription thing so we already automatically know it's like we can play that through a subscription but what it feels but at the same time you know what it's like uh what they're not telling you it's like a lot of these digital games is if you're paying for license you're paying for the use of a license and so finally it's like they have Sony has equal amount of rights to terminate this at any time. It's not just Sony. It's also Microsoft. It's also Nintendo. 
But what we're focused on right now, it's like Sony has been more in the limelight because of stuff like this. It, it's mostly because of the way they've mismanaged like the uh, look and effect of their backwards compatibility in general. And so hearing more about, say, more developer issues or more things that are con- like collaborating towards this is not really a, too much of a big surprise to me. It's just frustrating as a gamer that has been playing PlayStation content off and on for like the past 20-some-odd years and then not being able to play a lot of my content... It may potentially may not be able to play my content another five or six years from now when I want to. That's frustrating. Absolutely. Because here I am struggling now at this last second, like at least a couple months, because I want to try to get what I want to get through these storefronts without having to go on eBay and pay some scalper another fucking extra 100 or $200 and stuff just to get the one game I want to play through maybe once in the next two or three years. You know, but uh, uh, ranting aside and stuff, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just going back to uh, kind of what I was saying, though, about like, um, I just see a lot of parallels here with like, you know, like we had that awesome, we had like Andrew House, Shuei Yoshida, we had Sean Layton. Yep. Like as a face, whenever there was a uh, E3 or a state of play, they're always there talking. And it's like we saw, like I said, we saw it with Nintendo Directs and everything. We had, Re- well, even before that, we had Reggie, we had. Miyamoto, we had uh, yes. Iwata. I mean, obviously Iwata passed away. Reggie retired. Um, now we got Doug Bowser. Yeah, now we got Doug Bowser, and we have um, um, uh, Kawa. No, the 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 new lead guy for Zelda. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Inuma. Uh, no. Inuma. Yeah, he was on the yeah. last direct. Talking about. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, Skyward Sword. But um, you know now we now what 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 do we got for fucking uh, PlayStation? We have the lady from the State of Play. Yeah. We don't know who it's just a nameless. We don't woman. Even know who she is. She's just some random she's, lady. That she's just the narrator of these, and then we don't. And then we have Jim Ryan. Yeah, and Jim Ryan, who's a new head of PlayStation, um, and I mean he's he comes from he's not he you just I'm getting like the Don. I mean obviously maybe we're overblowing this. This is just one thing, but it's just like this is the first real sign where I've always been like when you hear oh they're going in there is this were PS5 is the Xbox One. I'm like. All right, we all need to calm down. This is we're all overboarding this. It's just Xbox is dying. I can see the comparisons right and stuff. But I don't. Same, I don't yeah. see the comparisons because it's just like they're not saying anything. Where Xbox like came out and they just said stupid shit after stupid shit, and it's just like this is the first real sign where I'm starting to like see that a little bit. Where it's just like Jim Ryan's coming in. And he's like, all right, well, all right, well, we can invest a bunch of money and then maybe we'll get the, maybe we get this on return and Cradle's new shit. The thing we've been doing for the last fifteen fucking years that's been working super duper well for us. Or we can just remake this fucking Last of Us Part 1 and waste a year and a half of Ben's time, waste as the second team's time working on a Last of Us multiplayer yeah. game. This new AAA team we just started growing, just absorb them in the Naughty Dog. We're not even going to do anything with them. Uh, we just wasted the last three years of their lives. We're going to waste the best developing team in, in the entire world, have them remake a game they made eight years ago, and then we're going to... They also have their team working on a Last of Us multiplayer game. And then who knows what else is going on with Naughty Dog. Um, to, I mean, like I said, it, short term, this game is going to last for two. Or last part one, the, the combo pack for PS5. It's going to sell super duper well. We're going to hear if it's going to sell 10 million copies. Or it's going to sell 15 million. Like, we know what's going to happen. Well, of course it's, it is. It's, it's so short-sighted. Is why. I mean, like, a lot of us are going to, everybody's going to bitch about it, but most of us are going to buy that fucking thing again. Um, that, that pack again. Um 
No, I mean, I, I've, I bought Last of Us Part 1 three times now. I bought it on PS3. I bought it for PS4 physically, and then I bought it again digitally. So, um, anyways, though, it's just, you know, you look at Jim Ryan, it's just like he he's, doesn't have his finger on the pulse of, like, what gamers, like, want. And it's just, no. you know, it's like we're in that golden era of, like, you know, PS4. And I was, I was kind of thinking of it, like, you know, as wrestling fans, we're just talking about WrestleMania. We're like, I mean, bear with me here. When it's just like for people that aren't wrestling fans, but like a lot of people, the generation before us, talk about the, the '80s was the golden yep. era of wrestling for us. The, the Attitude Era, late '90s or 2000s, golden yep. era of wrestling. That was two golden eras of wrestling in the last 30 years. And it's like yep. PS4, we're, we're in that golden era. Like Nintendo, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. That was the golden era of Nintendo. The, you know, and it's just like up until the Switch. <laughs> up until yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I you know, I, I think what. Nintendo obviously probably meant more back in the 80s and early 90s than they do now. It's for what they meant for gaming. Right, right. But uh, anyways, um, it's just, it's just, I get so many, so much Don, like Don Magic wasn't, he was a businessman. He wasn't, I'm not saying you have to be a gamer to, to understand gamers, but it's like, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have a clue. You have to pay attention. You can't just look at graphs all the time. And maybe that works in other businesses and other places, but it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's a bummer. Cause it's just it like, like they're killing creativity to streamline what's safe. Yeah. And that, that's exactly, that's a, that's a great way to sum up this entire rant is there are kill. Yeah. They're killing creativity to streamline, just make shit ton of money. And I don't know. It's like, I heard someone post, uh, post this on, on Twitter. And it's like, Sony's trying to be MCU right now where they're going to have all these different studios doing all these awesome things, but they can yep. very easily be the DEC, DCEU yep. where we, we know what's going on with them with all their movies, you know, like with, with Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, Justice League, you know, Snyder Cut, all that. It's like we, we can see like they wanted to be fucking MCU too. And it's like it's not that easy. And you could very easily have a, have a something. It makes money, but it's, it's, it's in chaos all the time. And there's just trying to they've been trying to fix it the last five years so i don't know i i just you know i'm not trying to be the you know i'm i'm, I'm usually the sony defender and it's never because i'm like i said like before like i always felt like it was always overblown about the the playstation arrogance and this is that for and maybe we're overblowing maybe i'm overblowing this right now maybe a lot of us are uh but it's just like that's this is the first real sign it's like i i have always i've said for a long time i am an agnostic gamer I'm not a Sony pony. I'm not an Xbox. I'm not a Nintendo fanboy. Like, I go where the games are. You know, I have a Switch. I have an Xbox One X. I have a PS4. I had the PS4 Pro, PS5 now. And it's just like, I, I've been trying to get an Xbox Series S or X for a while, and I can't get one. You know, because it's, but, I don't know. I just, I want, I want, it just felt like we were finally, for the maybe the first time, since it's been the big three of gaming, the console makers, Xbox, Nintendo, and PlayStation, that all three were going to be at the same time an awesome point with game pass, right. the switch and the, the PlayStation with their fucking awesome, um, uh, first new IPs, first party games. And, um, yeah, just, you know, it, 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 what hurts more it, on top of that is just like, they're not, they're not worried. They don't care about the, they, like you look at the late two thousands, early two thousands, the end of PS3 and beginning of PS4. Where like they were so focused on like indie games, filling those gaps. Yes, they were like, we got journey out of it. You know, it's like, incredible game we got fucking flower out of it uh until dawn not an indie game but it's a smaller game it's supposed to be a fucking move game at one point um you know it's like they're focusing on these smaller games to fill in those gaps and they were a 
all, a lot of not, like I said, not all the time we got PlayStation Battle Royale out of it, but they were a lot of times really, really great games. And it's just like, oh, we're not, we don't want to. It's just like it's the thing I always talk about with like the movie business, where it's like, and it kind of really, I mean, it's always kind of been about the MCU, where it's like everybody sees like every time uh, the MCU puts out a Marvel movie comes out, it makes a billion dollars. And it's like now everybody, all they care about is making billion dollar movies. No one really cares about let's make this twenty dollar movie or it's $20 million movie. And then what's, you know, what's it, we can make 50, 60, 70, 80, 150, $200 million on it. It's like, no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go for the big fish. We gotta do a $150 million budget and we need it. We need to make a billion dollars or it's not worth it. You know, it's like, I talked about with like justice league, that movie, uh, did like $800 million or something in the box office and made a lot of money, but it was just considered a failure by, um, Warner Brothers. It's like the movie's not great. It's a terrible movie, but like it should be a failure just based on how bad it is. But right, it's like that movie made money and they're disappointed. It's just like I don't know. It's like that's that's just I kind of I just see PlayStation going that route. It's like we only care about the you know the the big we we, we care, all we want to do is hit home runs. We don't and that's all we care about. Um, but we need to move on. Uh, so moving on to the Xbox side of things, and kind of going actually a little bit with the, with the with PS5 here. So we had that weird trailer come out of a game called Abandoned, made by the Blue Box team, I believe is what they're called. Um, okay. It's uh, they put like a teaser trailer out. It's um, it, they announced it. It's supposed to come out later this year, but yet it's 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 weird. So it's supposed to come out later this year, but it's in early development. So I don't understand that. But uh, Blue Box uh, Games is a uh, I went and googled them because I never heard of them. Uh, and this is before the Kojima shit kind of came out with them yes. but uh they have a twitter account they haven't tweeted since like 2015 uh they've only had a few games early access games out on like um that they put out them by themselves on steam uh but i guess they've mostly been like kind of like helping out smaller other games put out games basically they've been a support studio for a long time uh so the rumor like the, this thing came out and it's like you can kind of see it it's like uh, and where people were like oh this is like a pt thing this is this is Kojima's next game, and a lot of people were freaking. Oh, it's Silent Hill. A lot of people were thinking it was Silent Hill. Right, right. Kojima, and it's like the Blue Box came out. And I feel kind of bad for them, where it's like they came out. It's like <laughs> it's like we you know we've been looking forward to releasing and announcing this for a long time, and it's like everybody's just like disappointed that it's not a Kojima game. And it's like I, that sucks. You know, it's like everybody's less interested in your game now because it's something else. It's oh, it's you working on it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, I was only excited because I thought this guy was working on it. Uh, and then kind of coming out of that, and this has been a rumor for a while. I never really, I just never threw in the show notes because it's just kind of, there wasn't seem like there was a lot there, but Phil Spencer did an uh, interview about a month ago from his office mm-hmm. and he had the, uh, the uh, Kojima productions, uh, like a model uh, statue, kind of like I have in my background here uh, of uh, the, the, the logo in his background. But he also had a Nintendo switch and a couple other things back there, but he's, he's, he's teased it before he had an Xbox one X hidden in the background of his uh in an interview once before and it was yeah. before the xbox one x was revealed so no one knew what was what it was when it was back there um so there, a lot of people were about a, for about the last month now have been like talking about uh, is he teasing is this a tease for a kojima thing uh so comes out uh this is all according to jeff grubb uh but he is uh, a really great i uh, i quote i quote him often on this podcast um he's been a really great reporter he's kind of he creates a summer game mess. He's been kind of really good about. It. He's one that revealed the Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect Legendary uh, Edition. He's been really good at that, and uh, he kind of he was the one that kind of like started talking about the Kojima to Xbox uh, uh, rumor slash 
kind of giving information on it. And he came out on, I think, Thursday or Friday and said that um, basically pretty much confirming this is happening. He also confirmed last week that uh, Alan Wake 2 is in development right now. Um, mm-hmm. But also he said that the uh, this contract with Xbox and Hideo Kojima's uh, Kojima, Kojima Productions, it's the lawyers are finalizing the deal right now. So wow. not that Kojima is going there. It's kind of like what we saw with Death Stranding with PlayStation where um, PlayStation is just like, all right, we're going to pay for it, but we're, we're going to own the IP. So PlayStation owns the IP of Death Stranding, but we're just going to pay for you, pay you to make this, ga- make this game, make whatever you want. But we, it comes exclusive to us and we own the IP. And that's basically what it sounds like here with, with Xbox is like, uh, you know, where you make whatever you want. They probably already have something going on. I'm sure it's been a year and a half since uh, uh, Death Stranding came out. Uh, but basically, you know, Xbox is like, all right, we just, whatever you're making, we want it kind of thing. Uh, and we'll, we'll pay you for it. So that's basically what, what sounds like going on here. So I'm incredibly pumped for this. Um, you know, like I was excited for when PlayStation and uh, uh, Kojima hooked up the first time initially because like awesome to see Kojima's got some support. He's got the money now. He's got the budget. Um, I didn't like Death Stranding at all. I've gone back to it three or four times. I've ranted about it several times on this podcast about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm incredibly, you know, Kojima's my favorite game develop, game maker of all time. Uh, so I'm uh, incredibly pumped. Uh, and I'm also excited he's not making Death Stranding too. That makes me more happy to know that's not happening. But uh, I mean, like I said, I go where the games are, I'll especially go wherever Kojima goes. If this was a PC exclusive, I would fucking you goddamn right. I'd be looking out like I'd be googling how to get a PC good enough to play this fucking game. So um, <laughs> I think this is awesome. Once again, like I said, like you know, as this bad news is coming out about PlayStation, this more awesome news coming out about Xbox here about you know they got Kojima making his next game. Uh, his uh, so what's your thoughts on this one, Gables? I find it very interesting. So in that regard, it's like Jeff Grubb reporting upon that you know it makes me kind of interested inside of legalities for one if it's actually announced that uh you know kojima studios pretty much is going to go through and create a game squarely on the xbox series x and s systems what type of a content that could be in my honest opinion i really would love to see like like kojima go back inside of like say a classic sort of series in regards to what he initially did before he did like the advent of like say Metal Gear Solid for Sony in that regards there are other types of like uh, yeah there were other types of properties that he did work on even before then I mean one of them oh gosh it was an obscure Sega CD game there was that cop game yes that's what the one I was referring to Mm -hmm. it was oh god now I'm trying to think about it it's a very obscure Sega CD game but like oh gosh but uh, the fact remains is it was like one of those type of visual novel sort of like aspect of games and it ran and it's fairly expensive I think too but I forgot what it's called I'm looking it up right now Police Knots Police Knots? Yep Okay so Police Knots so this is the game that uh, came to Playstation as well actually Police Knots? I'm not too sure if that's the actual thing (laughs) Yeah Director Hideo Kojima I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now All right. So, if he goes more or less upon the style of, like, uh, some of his classic stuff that he's done, I want to very much interested in seeing how he would do, like, games with, like, a police knots or something instead of, like, a modern type of, uh, you know, 2021 sort of setting, you know, because the story and everything else and stuff is fairly intriguing. 
working a bunch of that inside of his own like type of magic and stuff. I kind of want it to be sort of unique experience, not like something that was like in, like incredibly boring and repetitive for a lot of players, like Death Stranding. Maybe not so much like the craziness in regards to what the Metal Gear Solid retains, even though that is definitely, in my honest opinion, his best work in that entire series. But uh, just something that's interesting that will get a lot of people talking and a lot of people wanting to play it. That's what I want to know. Please thoughts is $25 on eBay right now for PlayStation. God. Gosh, man, I'm not too sure if that the thing was... Uh... Police knots, but yeah, go ahead and like. Uh, it came the 3DO Saturn and PlayStation, so I don't, I don't know if there's anything. I, I've I've always heard about that game, but um, that was the game in between Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear on NES and Metal Gear Solid on uh, PS1. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just I, I just want Kojima to be able to make games. He's he makes incredibly artistic games, and he, he needs a budget for sure. So I'm just happy someone's willing to. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad he has his freedom. And I'm glad he, uh, you know, and he has the budget. Uh, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm just happy. And uh, I hope to God uh, I like this one. Um, like I said, <laughs> it's going to be interesting because uh, Death Stranding was actually made on the same engine that Horizon was made on. And that's a PlayStation-owned uh, engine. So obviously he's got to make a game on a different engine. And he's also talked about before about possibly making smaller games. And then he he said he, he, was, he really wanted to work on a horror game as well. So uh, maybe it could be you know him jumping back into making that Silent Hill S game we've always wanted from him to do. Did you find By the it? Wait, Tyler. Yeah, I actually found the game that I was on. It wasn't Police Nuts. It was Snatcher. Oh, okay. I do vaguely That's remember the one Snatcher. I was referring to. Okay. Um, Snatcher. Basically, what it is, the basic idea of it is like it heavily resembles Blade Runner in regards. You know, where it's like the game strays. Oh, nineteen eighty eight. Okay, yeah. Yes. Turbo graphics. Very obscure. But uh, I'm just doing like a little bit of citing about uh, from this article and stuff I'm seeing right here. It's like pretty much like an article saying the top ten like best games that Kojima has made, and like they have Snatcher up here at number seven, where it's like like most games by the designer, the story involves the Cold War and the Soviet Union. The first edition released in 1988, while it wasn't a huge success, especially in North America, those who played it acknowledged how ahead of the curve its story was for the medium. So. Go- it's going for fifty dollars yeah. on eBay right now. Interesting. Yeah, but I don't think it ever. I think this one never came to the United States. I think you have to import it. Oh, so. Maybe it was police nuts that was like uh, <laughs> in terms of the yeah. sales and stuff. The only cover I could find is in Japanese. So I'm not sure if that's true or not. But well, um, that's what I was referring to, Snatcher. Okay. All right. I I, I do. Think, I remember. I just remember police nuts. I don't. I don't know too much about the. Or I didn't know too much about uh, Snatchers. Uh, but moving on here, I think to uh, we got one more topic after this, but that's that one's gonna be fast. Uh, so E three, it's officially coming back. Well, we, yep. we they announced it. We have details. It's all gonna be free now. There was the rumors that they're gonna charge gamers to watch the streams, um, and then also still watch ads. Uh, that's not gonna be the case now. Um, they came out here. There's like a, there's a blog about it here. I'm gonna kind of skim through some of it. Um, so this came out April 6th. So E3 is going to take place between June 12th and June 15th. Um, they have early commitments from Nintendo, Xbox, Konami, Gap, uh, Capcom, uh, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Brothers Games, Koch Media, who was formerly the THQ Nordic people. Yes. Um, and there's going to be more to come uh, in there. So we have no idea about as far as when we're going to have. Um, if uh, we're going to have if Capcom or Konami or all these or Ubisoft or take two or whatever are going to have their own 
um, event. I know Square Enix is supposed. To, they said they're going to bring. They're going to do their. Uh, Square Enix is going to have an event in the summertime, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be part of E3. Ubisoft has their own thing now, uh, yes. but uh, it sounds like Xbox is going to have an old their um, press conference like they before. But what's going to be interesting is this is from Jeff Grubb again um, that he was saying that it sounds like right now that Xbox is going to do like a uh, their own event. And then they're going to end with a big uh, with the Bethesda announcement, and then it's going to lead into a Bethesda event, essentially. Interesting. So, so it's going to be two conferences, one after another. Basically, it, it might still be the same conference, but they're going to have it's going to be its own separate section, essentially Bethesda. So God knows if it's going to be an hour or how it's going to work oh, out. God, but it's probably like a fucking three-hour conference, dude. Yeah, that's what I was worried about because but Mike have always complained has been like. Microsoft always like, oh, we have eighty games that are, we have the biggest uh, E3 press conference ever. But it's like, well, the problem is you announce eighty games. I don't remember seventy eight of them afterwards, and the yep. two that you, I do remember, I don't give a fuck about. So that's, <laughs> that's always been their issue. It's like I always thought, like PlayStation, Nintendo, like PlayStation, that one year they had, like twenty eighteen or I think it was twenty eighteen, they had four games, six games at their their press conference, and it was way better than Xbox. It had seventy five. So it's just like sometimes uh, it's, it's quantity over quality. Sometimes kids. Um, yes. So, um, anyways, um, I'm, I'm happy about this. I've, I, we've talked, we've kind of gone back and forth over the last year or so about what would, would we rather have a summer game mess, summer games fest where we, we just said, everybody just did their own. It was just chaos. Everybody just did their own fucking thing. You know, it's like, uh, the world's ending. We're just, E3's dead. Everybody just do their own fucking scatter and do their own goddamn thing. And it was just like chaos. And it's like, yeah. what event matters? Uh, who the fuck are you? Why am I seeing this game 10 different times? Uh, why is this game at every... Why is Skater XL at every fucking event? Why is this Doom <laughs> music game at every fucking event? Why Why is this Penguin riding a skateboard game at every fucking event? Like, it was just exhausting. Like, we're trying to watch all of these, and then I'm like, 90% of these don't fucking matter. Um, so I'm excited about this, the idea of, like, um, you know, you know, I don't... I don't I've, I've said before, I don't need E3, but I just, like, I would just, like, you know, and like Phil Spencer said, came out and he said about like, uh, this is all about um, us working as game, uh, as you know, the developers and all the studios coming together. We need to be together on this. Um, and I'm all for that. I love that. Now, that was my big thing like I last agree. year about what, what Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest or Jeff Grubb's Summer Game Mess, where it's like, we just need, they, they all just need to make like, get a fucking Google calendar and like, all right, we're going to pick this date. All right. Oh, oh, Nintendo's already got a thing on that date. All right, well, we're going to go this date so nobody else can do that or, you know, plan right. accordingly. Like, just, I don't, we don't need E3. That's fine. Oh, fuck it. We don't care. I think for the, you know, for the media and, you know, getting the hands-on impressions, like, that's awesome. I love hearing about that stuff. I think for us, we just care about the press conferences and the big game we announcements. Games. Yeah, and the game. We just care. We just want to see them and all that shit. Uh, so, you know, I love the idea of E3 being a thing, but if we can just work together and, like, I would rather just you be all combined into whether it's a month, but like working together or a week or a weekend, like it's been like, just work it out and figure it out and give me the dates. Um, you know, like well in advance, like I just, that's all I want. I, and I just, then that way we don't have to like, you know, we don't have nine months of Nintendo being quiet. Um, you know, it's like, okay, what the fuck's going on? What, what, like why haven't we had a direct in a year and a half and all that? It's like, exactly. You know, uh, that subsequently confirmed that Nintendo is going to be having some form of a direct at mm-hmm. at least a couple months from now. So that's exciting. And continuing on from Jeff Grubb, he did say he doesn't know what it's going to be. He always calls Nintendo the wild card, which yep. going into our next topic here, 
that makes sense. But he's always called him like he doesn't like he always has he always knows something's coming, but he doesn't know when it's coming. Like he called the Mario direct that we had for 35 last year. He's like, it's coming. Pikmin 3's coming. This game's coming. He always talks about it. He's like, I don't know when it's going to happen. And like he literally the day before our next topic, Pac-Man 99 got announced. He literally just tweeted wild card. And it's like, everybody's like, okay, Nintendo's going to announce something soon. And then Pac-Man. So he's really good. Anyway, he's really good. <laughs> but he said, expect something between now and E3. He doesn't know what's going to be. He doesn't know how big it's going to be, but there's going to be something in the next couple months. We're going to have something else from Nintendo. Who knows what it's going to be? It, I mean, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm saying like, it could be a fucking Nindies. He said for all he knows, but it could be something more. But anyways, um, could be the Switch Pro. I mean, the, usually those are gonna, don't get announced at Drex. They get announced in a Wall Street Journal uh, thing. That's how the, the Switch Lite was announced. Was that was Wall Street Journal or something like that? Um, but yeah. Anyways, I, I'm all for this. It's gonna be awesome. I mean, I think. I mean, you kind of in that same boat for E3. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what's gonna happen. Honestly, 2020 it was what it was in regards to announcements and the whole in general. In general, <laughs> you know. But I'm glad to see the solidarity between a lot of the game developers, the gaming companies, coming together to do E3 as it traditionally was initial was, which was announcing games, see what type of collaborative products projects are going to be going through, and essentially seeing what's going to be happening the next six months to a year or even further away. So I'm interested in seeing what's going to be announced, what may potentially be rumored. Because I really want to see if... And quite honestly, Nintendo is definitely the wild card in all of this. Because they have the power to not only rev up a lot of long-term fans with something incredible, or they could just go out with a wet fart in regard to something incredibly minor. That's just how Skyward Sword? Well, Skyward Sword, yeah, that one was definitely one of those things. I'm just going to keep shitting on Skyward Sword. I'm excited to play it. (laughs) But, well, that's... With that said and done, you know, it's like, I'm most excited, honestly, to see what Nintendo does. I say it almost every year, that's when essentially, ever since the Switch has come out, I've been excited, like, every year to see what is going to happen next. Honestly, I kind of feel like Microsoft, more so than ever now, I'm kind of excited to see what they're doing, because of how well they've done in terms of rounding up how many companies and how many different things that they're going to plan out. So seeing their escape for the next six months, you know, or next couple of years, even the same thing with PlayStation, you know, it's like all the companies, like you were saying at the start of this generation, they felt like they were on even terms in regards to potential launch stuff, even though there've been hiccups with every single one of them through COVID obviously has played a big role with that too. But this is the first time in a long time, Tyler, I have not heard any types of major rumors going into this potential E3 type of event. I've only heard maybe Nintendo Switch, like, pro rumors. That's yeah, been but going on the last couple that's of years. Stuff, that stuff we don't really hear too much about until, like, I feel like May-ish. And, but even still, like, 50% of that shit's usually bullshit. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like maybe in May-ish, in about a month, which it's crazy to think we're already, it's already April 11th right now. Uh, cause it's past midnight at my time. Um, but it's crazy to think that that's only a few weeks away, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think once we get there, we can start hearing some more shit. Uh, I'm just thinking like going back to Sony here, like in PlayStation, it's like, what's going to happen with them? Like I said, they've been really quiet 
lately and it's like they quietly like the only thing they've publicly announced like as far as delays goes is Returnal got pushed back like five weeks to April yep. 30th Grand Trismo got pushed from a first half of 2021 game to uh, next year sometime yeah. uh, um, Ratchet and Clank was supposed to be a launch window game and yep. then quietly without no nothing it got moved to um, June 11th or 10th I want to yeah. say um, so I'm like I, I feel like they're, they're going to have to do something a state of play or something bigger sooner <laughs> rather than later because right? Horizon supposed to be going on like the Horizon God of War is supposed to happen this year I'm just hoping we get one of those two this year at the very least um, I know what with, with something that was projected this year as being kind of like a heavy type of thing for the PS5 you know trying to showcase its things has kind of almost grown similar to what the Xbox with the Series X has been inside of its six months where it's like we don't have hardly any they don't have people who invest inside of the Series X haven't hardly had any type of exclusive games to play on it besides the medium in that regards and also we have and also like MLB but they got but they're getting stuff. MLB the show for free and yeah, outright well, game, yes. game pass but yeah I mean but we, we they're just they're you were mentioned momentum earlier and yes. I think that was perfect way where we're like Xbox has been is just fucking hauling ass uh, right now, pushing that rock. You know they have yes. all the momentum, and we're just seeing PlayStation. They've been hauling ass for the last five, six years, eight years now, and it's and like now, now their they're, momentum they're, is starting to shift. Yeah, they're starting to, they're like yeah, they're like they're they're getting tired. They're kind of getting gas here. So um, it's like now it's like almost neck to neck. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just like yeah, like the next year is gonna be fantastic for PlayStation. But like what? What's twenty? What's second half twenty twenty two and beyond gonna look like? Um, but we we need to move on because we're almost two hours into this. Uh, Pac Man ninety nine, Gables. Um, I don't. I mean the the rubbles of uh, Mario, the ashes of Mario got turned into Pac Man pellets, and now we have Pac Man. <laughs> we have Pac Man ninety nine, basically Tetris ninety nine. I don't give two fucks about Pac Man, uh, but that's it's out now. It's a thing. Um, I, I guess you would have said if you if you played it, but. I mean, are you are you in, have any interest in this? Honestly, I do like Pac-Man, and I'm willing to try it out when I get a chance to. But I thought that there were some interesting things about the announcement because I'm looking at Pac-Man. It's like, okay, Pac-Man '99. What the hell is this all about? I look at the trailer with 98 other people. It's basically a battle royale with Pac-Man, mm-hmm. and you can also invest inside of a single player thing. It's quintessentially Tetris '99, but instead of just having Tetris and its single player being bought separately. It's essentially just Pac-Man with a lot of other types of hidden stuff where you can buy skins to make it look like Gradius or Dig Dug characters or whatever, Namco type of affiliated stuff. But, uh, you know what? It is what it is, though. I mean, it may not be as big of an announcement as what some people may have, but it's kind of interesting to see what type of direction they actually went with this classic arcade game. Yeah, it's just like you—you know, you took away Mario Thirty Five, so you kind of got—you kind of need to replace with something else. And I think this is what it is. And then it's—it's it's better than nothing. I think there's definitely—I—I I feel like there's going to be some buzz around it, but I don't think this is going to be. Even Mario Thirty Five that came out it seemed like everybody enjoyed it a lot for a couple weeks. And I know there was still an, an audience behind it, but it's, the buzz subsided real fast. And I feel like the buzz behind Pac Man Nine is already kind of gone. Come and gone. That game came yeah. out Thursday, and it's Saturday night, so. Um, We'll see, and then yeah, there's all the you got to pay for game modes and skins and all that. I mean, it's free download, but yeah, right. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it'll take off a little bit. Like I know Tetris 99 still got some people playing it, but you know, 
Well, I think most of us don't know it's there anymore. But Gables, uh, we've gone on very long, so it's time for us to get the fuck out of here. So uh, <laughs> if you guys have been listening to us, this is the first time. Check us out on all the places. Look up Drunk Dash Podcast, Drunk Nerds. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, thumbs up, share, tell your friends, comments. Every, we're on everything, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, um, YouTube, um, everything. Yeah, Spotify, we're on them. Wherever podcasts go, we're on it. We're, we've been streaming a little more often video game-wise. I want to try to figure out something maybe we can, you and I, Gables, can stream more regularly uh, yeah. on our channel so we can kind of keep that momentum going. Uh, maybe we can do, maybe we can find a jump in a Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'll play through that. I mean, you can carry me through it. Um, but uh, we're working on that. We're trying to figure some shit out with that. But uh, Gables. I was supposed to I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, play some fun games. Take a time out of your life just to stop and smell the roses. And most importantly of all, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. And Gables. Yep. Always remember, to you children out there, your tears are mine. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.